everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we have one more week until Pesach, and I still have a freezer full of frozen bagels. That's the way it goes. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch, coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side on this beautiful Thursday. Boker Tov to Yoni, who is sitting in for Avrami. What's up, Yoni? Morning. How are you? Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a gamer, folks. He's Always. a gamer. So it's been a busy month, no? <laughs> Very. Yeah, it's been a little bit kooky. A uh, lot of live lunches and a lot of shows on the road and a lot of things in flux. And uh, thank God it has been a successful, successful month. So my thanks to our friends at Manischewitz who have sponsored the last, I should say, three live lunch programs featuring a variety of new Pesach products one of which I'm happily snacking on, and I thank Jamie for moving it to the other side of the desk because I was snacking a little bit too much. Where are those cookies, by the way? Over there? Are they gone? You hid them for real? Oh, my God, you guys are the best. <laughs> I put them in the other you room. You did? Yeah. Oh, so you knew I was going to, yeah. It might have been more for me, actually. Okay, whatever works. But, uh, <laughs> you know, what's funny about those cookies is that my kids started fighting over them, So, which is not the funny part of the story. But the funny part of the story is that they have almond flour in them, so we cannot send them to school as snacks. It would have been easier had, there you go. I know, I know. So that's the that's the world that we live in. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Last week, as I just mentioned, last week we were in Gourmet Glotten Cedarhurst, which of course meant I didn't have to commute. So ha ha on the rest of you in this room. Thanks to everyone there, including Yuli Steinberg for their hospitality. It was a fantastic show. And again, my thanks to Manischewitz for making it all possible. Follow us on Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. Yes, follow me on Twitter. Seems as uh, as I've been made fun of for the last uh, week and a half now. I spend way too much time on Twitter. That has been made official. Let's do a fortune cookie. Gotta, do I have to finish all the fortune cookies before Yantif? That means we're going to have to do a lot of shows or we're just going to have to uh, break through a lot of fortune cookies. Hold on. Here we go. Wow, I made a mess with this one. That's embarrassing. The only good is knowledge, and the only evil is ignorance. The only good is knowledge, and the only evil is ignorance. Well, that is dedicated to every member of the BDS family. Let's talk about my favorite day of the year. Celebrate Teen Literature Day. Yep, it's my kind of day. A uh, shout-out to my friend Hope Levav. Hope, if you are uh, listening while you're teaching, you should, probably shouldn't do that. But if you're listening afterwards, this day is for you and me. Celebrate Teen Literature Day. It's also Dictionary Day, which also could go out to Hope Levav. By the way, I have a dictionary in the studio. Jamie's looking at me like, you own a dictionary? You don't just use- That's right. It's old school, sister, but that's the way we do it. The only thing I haven't brought to the studio yet that I really want to is my thesaurus. Everyone should have a thesaurus. Yeah, you're agreeing. You're not mocking me? No, 100%. You're mocking me anyway, aren't nope. you? Because you like the thesaurus. I mean, I still haven't seen the dictionary. So The dictionary's over there in the box. Right. It's got a red cover and everything. Um, it's also International Moments of Laughter Day, which, thank God, of the Nahum Siegel Network, we celebrate every single day. It's National Dolphin Day. I really don't want a piece of that. It's uh, Pathologist's Assistance Day. Didn't know that they would have a day, too. And National Pecan Day, which I'm sure Schiffer Klein of Joy of Kosher would be happy to celebrate with me had I come prepared. But good morning to you, Schiffer. Good morning. And this is our pre-Pesach show. We do have one more show coming up, actually, closer to Pesach, Erev, Erev Pesach, as we say. But 
People are already cooking. People are already prepping. And the magazine is out. Totally. So we got to get moving on this. It's been out for a while. And I just, I just want to make mention that my cover that I picked. It was not chosen. Oh, <laughs> and it's, it's sort of hard to talk about. But yes, there was a contest. Joy of Kosher. One of the fun things that Joy of Kosher does in engaging social media or its readers through social media is putting out four different covers and allowing anybody to vote on them. And again, I lost. Oh, what did you choose? The brownie. Oh, that was good. Right? Why? Yeah. Who picks anything but a brownie when there's a brownie as a choice? Yeah. Well, this was the popular choice. Right. But why? Because it's traditional, because it has traditional, right. Except traditional if, is, is usually chosen. We found it's interesting. Like really, if we put a challah, the challah is going to be chosen. If we put latkes and tzanaka, the latkes will be chosen. See, but what's interesting about this one is that it's not. It is traditional with a twist because your moror is radicchio, and yeah. I do not know how many people are sitting down to a head of radicchio for their moror. Well, the truth is, if you think about it, what's more bitter? Nothing in the world. Exactly. <laughs> than so, radicchio. That's right. why when we were putting the food together, it was like, why not radicchio? Right. Why not radicchio? Yeah. My father actually eats a scallion. Oh, wow. Which is, nobody wants to sit next to him yeah, when it's over. Painful. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, there are, and you have your haroset and you have everything else. Yeah. Very traditional. But that is that is a little bit of a twist. What's that on the left? What's that yellow? The un- this? Yeah. That's romaine. That's romaine? Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is romaine. It's just under the the word free. (laughs) It's under gluten-free issue. You know, the funny thing about the gluten-free community is that, not ha-ha funny, but the saving grace of the gluten-free community is the plethora of Pesach products that are available 365 days a year. And it's therefore not a necessity to stock up. Oh, totally. I know people stock up now. Right. There's but, like all these things that aren't available all year round. But there are so many that now yeah. are because they appreciate the fact that this community needs more, um, needs many more options than, than have been available. But I have a friend, and I've mentioned this on the air before, I have a friend who on um, who after Yontif, I mean, everyone's buying challah and bringing back the cereal into their house and everything else, and she is buying every last Pesach product. Right, like all the gluten-free crackers, right. the matzah, it's delicious. Right, but she was buying it because she had a son who couldn't have gluten, and this was the time that she stocked yeah. up. So, so kola kavod, and kola kavod to the industry, but more than that, to this entire issue. Yes, we found that, like, Pesach, why not go gluten-free? Why you're not? anyways not having the bread, you're not having the rice, I mean, unless you're Sparty, but... So we just embrace that and just go gluten-free. So it's our gluten-free issue. So what was hard um, to, let's say, substitute for something that that you would have necessarily needed a gluten, not a a, a product that included gluten? Right. So we have, let's say... What's the opposite um, of gluten-free? Gluten-filled? I guess. Full, yeah. Full, uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. So a gluten-filled ingredient. Exactly. So for instance, we did um, a whole article on consomme. Ah. So... Um, in one of the recipes called for noodles. So instead of doing traditional noodles, um, we made s- crepes and like Pesach noodles out of potato starch. Got it. And then you so, stack them up and you slice them. Exactly. It's a lot of fun. It it's is a, a lot activity. of fun. It is a lot of fun. And yeah. then you realize just how quickly they go. Oh, yeah. You can eat them <laughs> so fast, especially on Pesach. Right. Um, and we like put some herbs in them. Herbs in the crepes were so good, like chopped basil and parsley. It was and delicious. then you used those crepes for what? And then we use those crepes in the in the consomme. Oh, in the consomme, but in we consomme. but but usually, um, 
you know, one of the things that you guys are great with is here's a recipe. This is 17 things you can do with it. Right. Right. So it's not just for the consomme, but you're filling it with grilled chicken and you're making a sauce. So you're exactly. doing whatever. Like that's there, there are so many. I don't want to call them basics because it, it simplifies just how great there are, you know, the different things that are in here. So so you take something that is that can be a staple and you and you make all those different varieties like on page 39 this is this is where 38 39 is where the whole consummate conversation starts but then you can take that crepe and you know if there's leftover of your fish that you're making from page 44 you're making that (laughs) yeah and we also mentioned we did braised mushrooms balsamic braised mushrooms so simple and delicious um, and so we we mentioned over there, fill it in the crepes. You have yourself a wonderful side dish. I remember as a kid, so, my mother, my mother going through all these recipes that she had had for you know the folder, yeah, right, the, the Pesach folder, folder. <laughs> and she would go through all these recipes. Why is it that nobody? I mean, our generation is cooking differently, and we're turning to vegetables. I mean, you have the thing for zoodles in here, and you and there are so many and grilled vegetables and the braised mushrooms and all of these different options are stuff that we make anyway. Right, it's not exactly. so hard anymore. Why didn't? Why wasn't anybody just making vegetables then? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's the case, but I just have this like feeling that, first of all, there's so much more variety available now. Uh, I feel like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, was there so me- so much produce? I feel like it was more basic. An interesting then. point. Available interesting in, the, point. in the random market. Right. Maybe because the world got smaller and things are, you know, moving quicker. Right. It's a good point. Where there's so many variety of mushrooms and kale. I mean, kale was used as a decorative element. <laughs> you know who was just <laughs> making was fun of that? Kale. Joey Bodner from Main Event. From Main Event Caters was just joking it's, with somebody about the fact that kale was yeah. what they threw on the plate to make it pretty. Exactly. And or like in the deli departments, the kale was all around right. all the platters. Exactly. But now kale is... I can't get enough kale. No, and you can put it in salads, and you can make kugels with it. You could do whatever you want. So um, I think that's a, that's a factor. Right. It's a good and, point. It's a good um, point. And, and together with be- people being more health conscious, people are celebrating vegetables. Eating vegetables and vegetable-centered dishes are so trendy. So that's also something that like chefs brought oh, to the table. That's a good point. The, the whole movement of farm to table. Farm to table, right. That also. That also. We, we did an article on SobiFest going kosher. Oh, one second. I want to talk about that because I'm still totally jealous. So I'm just going to mention one thing. Just explain what it is. So uh, SobiFest is the South Beach Food and Wine right. Festival. Right, which is massive. It's huge. It's like the food event of the year. So one of the chefs that cooked there, Alon Shaya, he's a James Beard Award winner or nominee, I'm not sure. So in his restaurant, he's really famous for serving a whole head of cauliflower. So like talking about celebrating vegetable. That's it. Just take the cauliflower. I think he puts it in like a wood-fired oven. And that's the dish. It's so So that's where we have the chefs doing things like that. It's very trendy. And that's where people are celebrating vegetables. I want to talk about SobiFest in a second. Because what I I don't think many of our listeners appreciate is the fact that it's not a kosher food festival. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It is the antithesis. But this was the first year, right, that there was an opportunity yes. for a kosher presence. Yes. Um, Chef Yosef Schwartz of Hasid Hipster Miami, he does pop-ups there, and he was always really into it. He was well-connected to one of the organizers of the event, Lee Schrager. Okay. And he's been, like, telling him for years, let's do a kosher event, let's do a kosher event. Finally, he convinced him. He said, I'm going to take care of all the logistics. Like, the idea of doing a kosher event with all the rabbis and all the kashra elements what a nightmare (laughs) so he said i'll take care of it and he did and they actually put it together the theme was exploring israel 
Amazing. So it was all centered around Israeli-inspired foods. Did you go also or just Shlomo? I didn't go, just Shlomo went. Wow, you drew the short straw on that um, one, sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. Uh, after all the events, I was happy to be home. Oh, that's but, true. I hear that as somebody who travels yeah, too much. I hear so. that completely. So um, so everything Kostras-wise was uh, above so and beyond. the Chabad of downtown Miami, Rabbi Lipsker took care of everything. Um, and it was at his Chabad house, I think. The event it was really nice. And um, there right, was... the Chabad of Miami is literally in South Beach. Yeah, yes. exactly. So um, we had there was Chef Alon Shaya from Shaya. There was Michael Salmana from Zahav, Chef Ashley Christensen, um, and I, and then Chef Yosef Schwartz. Um, also, they they were the four chefs that cooked there. And then there were just a bunch of different people who came to help, and so it was amazing. Cool. Very and how cool well dishes. And it was received well. Received very well. Also, the organizers of the event were really impressed. They said that like a lot of the other chefs and the other events. I mean, there's there's like lots of dinners to choose from. When you're attending, you go, you go on the website. You could see um, it's I think sobifest.com. You could check it out. There's like um, dinners exploring Mexican cuisine or French cuisine and there's different chefs so they were saying how the kosher event there was such a level of enthusiasm and excitement that they didn't see in the other events wow and there was just like this really like and and the food was impressive um, and chef Michael Salmanov actually said that he he made a braised short rib of course he did of course yes <laughs> he's really inspired but he did that and he said that his non-kosher friends or non-Jewish friends even couldn't believe that it was kosher meat. Wow. I mean, people's perception of kosher right. is See, so not it. really what kosher is. So people got to taste it. He used Grow and Behold meat. He's like such a fan. He can't cool. stop. So, um, and that was also really nice to hear. No, that's incredible. And um, one of the things that people, and, and I that's one of the things I love the most about Pesach is that the, not only is the food is, is inspired, but the food has meaning. The yes. food means something. Right. And that's, it's one of the reasons that, that uh, like food eating contests don't sit well with me personally, <laughs> because Jews have a connection to food that is elevated yeah. and we treat it with respect. We make a bracha when we eat something. It's not something that's, that's just, in abundance of that we don't appreciate. And it's so connected to both tradition and to ceremony and so many different aspects of life that what I think these, the people who experienced that meal probably experienced was heart. Exactly. Was the feeling that comes with preparation of kosher food. Yeah. And that is so true. And that's really what you see also in the magazine. The magazine comes out six times a year. It's always before a yum, a yum diff and something spiritual. It's not just like right. you mentioned. There's always meaning to what we're doing. So that does make it much more special. Right. It elevates yeah, it definitely. elevates what you're doing. It elevates the product, but it also elevates the presentation of. And and I'm sure that there's somebody who's saying, well, of course we're we're taking the 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 painstaking care that it takes to produce kosher food because it's part of our religion. But to me, that's an opportunity. It's not a it's not a low tasse. It's not something negative. It's something great that everything we do, including the preparation of our food, exactly. is something that is done in an elevated and holy manner. Which is why I think I've told you this that Pesach is my favorite holiday. Oh wow. I love Pesach. It is true because, like, everything you're doing everything. has meaning. Correct. We even did when we wrote the wine article because we had Gabriel Geller of Royal Wine. He did a guide for the Seder, like, how to start light, you know, go a little bit heavier and end light. Right. So we wrote that it's just so interesting how even drinking wine 
is a spiritual experience yep. during the Seder. I mean, obviously we wrote like, here, enjoy it. Okay. Um, enjoy the wine tasting. Right. Um, you know, make it an experience. Right. But it but, is very spiritual. Right. We give a baby something. wine at exactly. eight days. <laughs> I mean, let's think about that. We The first interaction that our kids have is at a Shabbos table when we are standing around and and enjoying wine, grape juice or whatever, but yeah. with a bracha and in an elevated manner. There's a holiness to it. It's, um, it's to me, it's just very special. It's, there are, there are sacrifices that we make as Jews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is to me, not, not a sacrifice. This is an opportunity. And I'm not yeah. saying that to be hokey. I totally mean it. You're listening to that's life here at the Nachum Siegel network. Schiffer Klein from joy of kosher joins us with the Pesach with the Pesach issue, the Pesach products issue, I've, I've been saying Pesach products so many times, it, it seems to just go with it. So who got to interview Michael Solomonov? Because as I you know, oh, you did. Yeah. Okay, you know I'm an obscene fan. <laughs> I, and I'm an obscene fan. He's a really great guy. He was so nice and sweet and like down to earth also. It really? Really. Like he, after the interview... Um, He's was, from Zahav Restaurant Zahav in restaurant Philadelphia. And cookbook. Right. He just has a cookbook as well. I. And he trust I, me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to him on the phone, and he's like, "Oh, call me back any time." I have a cell phone, like very like warm wow. and nice, and no pretension. That's like, pretentious. Well, that's pretentious incredible. Whatsoever. So one of the things that I have integrated more into my cooking because I've been on this crazy Israeli yeah. Mediterranean food cooking for a little while now is I I try and introduce sumac into as many different like um, salad or fresh vegetable kinds of and dressing kinds of, of recipes as I go along. But one thing I don't know about sumac is what is it? It comes from something. Yeah, what is it? Some type of flour. Is that what it is? It's yeah, a dried and flour? And and it gets that red color. There's the, the flour itself is like has a is a red and I, I know that it's available here, but you know where I found it first was in Machane Huda. I went That's to where you find. I went yeah. to Pereg, and everything. It's it's so fr- it's so much more fresh. It's and, unbelievable, yeah, delicious. Yeah, I bring all that back. So, what's your favorite? I, I you know I I try not to ask you this question, but what are you? I'm going to ask it differently. What are you most looking forward to making out of this rest? Out of this entire unbelievable issue again, Kolakavod. Well, I already made talking about the sumac. So, in addition to the interview, Chef Michael shared. Um, one of the recipes from his cookbook, sumac onions and Israeli salad. Sure. Okay. So Hello. and um, right. the 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 twist that he did was instead of putting tomatoes, he had a version with mango. So cucumber, mango, and sumac onion and mint, fresh mint. Nice. I I've already been serving it for Shabbos lunch for a few weeks now. What page is it on? Um, it was with the interview, along the interview. Okay, I'm going back. Um, and it's so fr- it's so fresh, simple. Right. That's something also that I really tell people, and, he, and Michael Solomonov shared as well in his interview, is that like cooking should be relaxing and fun and really cooking simple. You do a few good ingredients. So you have really nice fresh cucumbers and mango and a, and good onion, like delicious onions. That's all you need. You don't have to go crazy. Right. You can really keep it simple and impress people. That is always, so, uh, and by the way, that's all, that's always a misnomer. Yeah, is that I think, and and I there it is on page uh, seventy seven. I think people get so nervous about making Pesach, they don't. I'm going to use the word easy. There are a lot of steps. Yeah, Pesach has a lot the of steps. Itself. I mean, just right. to prepare the seder exactly, and there's an order. There's exactly. a reason, reason it's called a seder, <laughs> but. Um, but there is so like we don't have to overcomplicate things. Exactly. We don't have to make things 
harder than they than they than they need to be sure. more challenging is probably a more positive way of saying exactly. it more challenging and like you know you sometimes come i mean it's amazing but people serve like 17 dishes in one meal i mean it's fun but i actually have a friend who will go i was at a meal and she did a fresh green salad a roast and slow roasted tomatoes that was the meal what's wrong with that nothing you know what i'm saying so good so that would be a tip that is a very good tip. It's a. I really think so. I think people can simplify things. Right. You know what? One of my favorite. Um, it's a product that came out a couple of years ago. The the gluten free, or I should say, the the Pesach, um, um, panko crumbs. Oh, those are good. They're great. Amazing. They're great, and they really they're, they're a wonderful substitute, and they also give people so many different options. I mean, I don't need to crush potato chips every single time <laughs> that I want to make some kind of a breaded coating, yeah, because it just adds more fat and grease and just Those what. Panko it, crumbs are good. The panko crumbs are good. What else um, can people look forward to in the issue that is different from previous years? So it's ha- really it has to be hard to reinvent yourself every year. Yeah. Um... It's fun. I mean, there's so many things that don't make it into the issue. And then I have to, like, remind myself the following year. And there are also so many great contributors. I mean, we have, like, every single article is by a different um, expert in their field, a blogger, recipe developer, chefs. And it's really inspiring to see what they come up with. Like, I'll speak to people and, you know, listen to their suggestions and hear what they have to say. Um, Chef Chaya, she's a blogger on Instagram. Uh, she shared vegetable side dishes, and my favorite um, dish that she shared was tempura vegetables. Right. So those were phenomenal. Like I would definitely make that. It was. It wasn't hard to do. We even had some fun in tempura to lemon, and uh, it was good. It was. It really, was good. Really. Did really you? Good. What did you do to lemon beforehand? Nothing. Nothing. Just put it in the tempura batter and fried it. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't. Did it make you pucker? No. It was really good. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And we just fried like everything. We had like well, kabocha. why not, sister? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Kabocha squash, and then we did a really cool um, garlic aioli. It was really delicious. What w- what is the tempura made out of? Because obviously there are people who are at home are saying, how is that possible? So um, it's made out of the secret ingredient was tapioca starch, which is the substitution for flour. And the real secret to tempura is always to keep it cold. The batter should be really, really cold. The batter should be cold and the oil should be hot. Exactly. Right. That's really the secret. But there was like, Chef Hayo gave a bunch of tips. Um, Really, really great. Is tapioca flour readily available now? Yeah. It is? I see a lot of almond flour. Which is, go to the, go which to the is, uh, I mean, yeah. the most expensive. <laughs> you think the meat out there is expensive for Pesach? <laughs> Holy cannoli. Like, yeah. That is, it's unbelievable. I made one recipe last year with almond flour it took the entire bag of almond wow. flour i was like wow these i mean you better enjoy those biscotti that that <laughs> that one piece of biscotti cost me two bucks and i it didn't it didn't rock my world it didn't knock my right. socks off i just Something felt like with almond flour actually you reminded me that was amazing was melinda strauss she's from kitchen sure. so she developed an almond spetzel for a soup that she made uh, she made a german goulash soup and um, I, I told her, I was like, I really want to do like soups with texture. Like, you okay. know, not just like Cons- one note soup. Right. So um, she really came through and the almond spetzel was amazing. It was like, um, you know, like pasta. Right. Style. And it wasn't hard. Um, and that was really worth the money for almond flour. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting recipe. And that's something you can make in advance? Yeah. You can make the, you can even freeze it. You can freeze the spetzel? Yeah. Once you once you make the spetzel shapes, put it on a parchment paper or paper yeah, parchment paper and freeze it. Because keep in mind the first Seder is Friday night. So people are wondering 
I'm making stuff that are different. It's going to be hard because of that. Right. It's a little bit of a challenge. You have you have all the different, you know, when you're putting in your matzo ball, exactly. who's putting in their matzo ball, who's not putting in their matzo ball to their, to their broth. It's Everyone's going to have uh, interesting ways of handling it. Matzah Shabbos, or I should say the second night of Yontif, is going to be a much easier night oh, for, for many sure. people. Yeah. For many people. Um, what do your kids like to do? On, I mean, is there one thing that your kids like to make on Pesach? Are you their favorite food? Because my kids, no matter what, you give them matzah and cream cheese, and they're just the happiest yeah, I was people say, alive. Hey, like all the dairy, right. um, you know, things on Pesach is the most exciting for kids. The Always. basics, the yogurt, the like you said, matzah and cream cheese, the cheese, matzah That's pizza. Just- Matzah pizza. Do you know that one year I made matzah lasagna in the middle of the year <laughs> and my kids could not have been happy. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You just go get a box of Ranzoni out of the front. So no, we, had, we made it with matzah. So we had, um, we did a, a matzah brai article. Right. And now there's also gluten-free matzah. So, you know, you can go gluten-free even for matzah brai. And um, we did a recipe, Southwestern stuffed matzah brai. So it's like the recipe of matzah brai and it was like, you put one layer in the pan, top it with like, cheese and the batter had cumin and sauteed onions and peppers it was so good so it's like a matbucha kind of a it was it, no it was like a like a quesadilla oh no i'm saying yeah. but the tomato on the inside no, it wasn't tomato it was sauteed onions and peppers and cumin okay so um that was like something that i would eat for dinner totally I like love. any night of the year like you mentioned matzo lasagna isn't it embarrassing how much i love matzo <laughs> i love matzo matzo is great and then by the way of course the the easy the, the ease of just serving fish. Yes. Amazing. So we um, got the salt board. So much fun. Right. Um, and we spoke, actually, we spoke to the OK. We always do an element with them. And they mentioned that um, if it's 100% salt, it doesn't need uh, <gasps> a certification. No. Yeah. So you can order like an Himalayan salt box. I have Himalayan oh, salt okay. box. Do you not know that about yeah, me? I don't. Oh, my gosh. We'll talk after That's the show awesome. is over. Oh, so yeah. So we put... Um, just put like sushi grade salmon on the salt block and did it cure it a little bit it really did like it tasted (sighs) lox like wow how long did it sit there it sat there for about a half hour the tuna got like if it sits for too long it gets too salty right the salmon could really hold up to the salt and did you chill the block first no the block was not chilled interesting if anybody wants to know what we're looking at first of all it's page 27 in the magazine but go to amazon or just google himalayan salt block and you can website salt works they do everything salt you can see what i have in my house that my husband got me as a hanukkah present it was really the gift that kept that kept on giving so that's interesting that is so fascinating that is something that i'm actually gonna have to try probably you know tonight yeah it's fun with my salt brick um schiffer klein as always i truly appreciate you coming in and the the magazine is great the magazine is always great thank you and um you should continue to put out good and inspired work Appreciate it. And people can subscribe if they would like on joyofkosher.com forward slash magazine. Joyofkosher.com forward slash magazine. And um, yeah, I can't, what's the next one? Shavuos? Shavuos. Yes, that was really fun. It's already done? The pictures are done. We did the photos last week. That is so cool. Yeah, it was crazy. So, so Rosh Hashanah is looking good for you now. Yeah, and there was actually, we got, we did a few Israeli style cheesecakes. It was really funny because we had a chef who said put a few tablespoons of potato starch in the cheesecake batter. And I happen to have potato starch at home because because you had just finished just finished Pesach, but it's right. also two weeks before Pesach. So like potato starch, I don't know if there's going to be potato starch so readily available before Shavuos. That's funny. It was really funny that we just had like a few. You just had it, and he didn't want to use cornstarch. 
He recommended potato starch. Wow. Yeah. Somebody else, I guess, was in a piss-off mood. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks again. Always Thank a pleasure you. to have you on. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect and what not to miss. We have a full afternoon of programming. Live lunch with Nahum starts in just a few moments. And, of course, a full afternoon of programming following the live lunch after 1 o'clock. Do not miss a thing. Join Nahum tomorrow morning for... The, for Jam in the AM, live here on the stream, NahumSiegel.com, JamInTheAM.org, 6 to 9 Eastern Time. Don't miss it. And at the conclusion of Jam in the AM, we have, of course, Naomi Nachman with Table for Two. For some reason or another, the lineup in front of me is like looking a little bit kooky. But um, all is well. And I thank Kedem in advance for, as always, sponsoring our Arab Shabbos music mix. Matzei Shabbos is, uh, Matzei Shabbos, there's no show. No, Matzah Shabbos, I'm thinking of the week after is, our Pes- is Pesach. Right. So Matzah Shabbos, just kidding. Avrami will be Saturday Night Seagull, uh, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., uh, renowned speaker Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson hosts Eternal Flame, and 11 p.m., David Lichtenstein hosts Headline Sunday Morning, J.M. Sunday from 7 to 9 Eastern Time with Matis, and that will be Matis's last show, right, before Pesach. Am I getting the calendar right now? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm on the right way. I'm so messed up. I am just so messed up. Anyway, we are closing with, Yoni, what are we closing with? Where is it? Do you have it? Yes, Estzemach, because I've been obsessed with this album. It's Besiata Deshmaya, Miami Boys Choir, circa earlier than I than I care to admit in my childhood. Um, Estzemach is track eight. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.